Well, I take an artist or a band and listen to their work. Then I put them on a list like a music critic jerk. Then I put them all in order from the best to the worst. But you probably won't like my choice for first. I don't care. You might think this idea is dumb. You're wrong. It's actually random. Hello and welcome to another edition of Random Album Rankings. My name is BC. Thank you for joining me. Well, we are on our fourth episode of season two. Thank you for sticking around as long as you have. Thank you for catching up on the first season episodes. Thank you for leaving messages and following my podcast on Instagram at random.album. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B dot A-L-B-U-M-B. And I know there were some issues with it, uh, with a couple of uh, messages I got. So it is now much clearer to read. All it takes is a little dot. Although, to be fair, not a slight to Instagram, but I really wish they let you capitalize your Instagram handles. But that's just a simple, uh, you know, that's hearsay for there. You know, uh, and I'm done babbling as far as my Instagram uh, page is concerned. So... The real reason you tuned into this episode is this week we'll be tackling The Strokes. But before we count down from worst to best, here's a brief history on Julian Casablancas and crew. The Strokes are an American rock band from Manhattan, New York. Formed in 1998, the band consists of singer Julian Casablancas, guitarist Nick Valencia and Albert Hammond Jr., bassist Nikolai Frencher, and drummer Fabrizio Moretti. They are one of the more prominent bands of the garage rock and post-punk revivals, aiding in the resurgence of indie rock in New York City. After the release of their EP, The Modern Age, in January of 2001, a bidding war ensued among major labels in order to sign the band. Eventually, RCA Records signed them and released their debut studio album, Is This It?, later that year. It earned them international commercial success and critical acclaim, appearing on several year-end and all-time album lists. It was followed by Room on Fire in October 2003 and First Impressions of Earth in January 2006, both receiving similar commercial success. They then entered a hiatus for several years. Toward the end of their original record deal with RCA, The Strokes released Angles in March 2011 and Come Down Machine in March 2013. Both received lukewarm responses from critics. They released their first collection of material after their departure from RCA, an EP called Future, Present, Past in June 2016 through Casablanca's independent cult records label. Despite these studio projects, the 2010s were a relatively quiet period for the Strokes. While the band was in the studio together throughout the decade, they performed live relatively infrequently and directed most media attention to individual projects. Near the end of the decade, The Strokes began working with Rick Rubin on a new album. On April 2020, The Strokes released their first studio album in seven years, The New Abnormal Through Cult and RCA. Critics generally considered the album a return to form. So where does that new album rank on my list? Well, you'll just have to find out. With that said, let's get to ranking. 
We start things off at number six with First Impressions of Earth. This is album number three from the band. It was released on New Year's Eve 2005, which was actually the band's first mistake. The second mistake about this album is it's just not very good, with the exception of the lead-off single Juice Box, which came out in October 2005 and peaked at number nine on the alternative charts. This is the most interesting song on the album. And that's not really saying much because this is also one of the weakest stroke singles ever released. With 14, uh, 14 tracks clocking a little over 52 minutes, it's extremely bloated and it shows it is also very phoned in for a strokes album and it is definitely a letdown to the point where i don't really this is definitely still not a go-to album to this very day i've listened to this album a handful of times when it came out and i just can't bring myself to praise the album And by the way, I'm not the only person that agrees that this is their worst album. Yeah, I know that a lot of people who think Come Down Machine is their worst, but we'll talk about that album in just a bit. This really is disappointing. And after the one-two punch of Is This It and Room on Fire, First Impressions of Earth was just basically, okay, let's just record an album and get it up for the end of the year. And it definitely came across the way because that's exactly what happened. It came out literally the end of the year. Now, under normal circumstances, well, under normal circumstances, that's not a good idea because people want to expect new stuff in the new year. And this, you know, most people were interested in bringing in 2006. Then they were hearing a new Strokes album. Sorry to say. Not quite myself. Look around, no one 
By the way, the track you just heard, Heart in a Cage, that was the only song off that album that was released and did not chart on the modern rock charts on Billboard. Uh, you Only Live Once peaked at number 35, so that was a disappointing follow-up to uh, Juice Box. And it seemed like it was the end of the career of The Strokes. It just seemed like they were going to be gone by the end of the decade. And it seemed like that was the case. Until 2011, coming in at number five, Angles. And this was the lead-off single up for it, Under Cover of Darkness. At 10 tracks and a little over 35 minutes, it's short and sweet, but at the same time, the only good thing I could say about Angles is that it was better than First Impressions of Earth, which is not really setting a high bar for this album. It was, I gotta admit, I was intrigued that Strokes are putting out a new album because I really thought First Impressions of Earth was going to be a one it was going to be the end of the strokes and third time was definitely not the charm for that band so this was a bit of a shock so i did take a listen to angles when it came out and under curve of darkness was good it sounded like it would have belonged in room on fire with a little bit more twinge uh the vocals were on point as is usually the case for julian casablanca's music the instrumentation the orchestration production not too bad at all but the strokes have put out far better work before and thankfully after angles and first impressions <laughs> The one thing that really stood out about this album is it is a very new wavy sound. And what I mean by that is there, this was pretty heavy on the synth as far as this whole album goes. And as you heard from songs like Machu Picchu just a few seconds ago, that could either make or break an album. At last week I was talking about the cars, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago I was talking about the cars. The synth new wave sound worked for the cars. In some instances, it does work for the strokes on this album, but on most occasions, it, it really doesn't. I'll be honest, I actually forgot this album existed 
as I was doing research on the strokes uh, for this episode. Um, honestly, I actually forgot uh, forgot about them. I was doing my uh, best of 2011. For those wondering, my number one album of 2011 was Bon Iver's self-titled release. Angles just didn't really fit in the equation. It was more a case of, oh, yeah, that was an album that came out in 2011. That's really all I can say about it then, and that's really all I can say about it now. When we come back, coming in at album number three, an album by The Strokes that I was not a fan of when it came out. But now, lo and behold, it's up there. And we will talk about where I put the new album. So hang tight. JB Hi-Fi, a smashing prices on Stroke's latest album, Is This It? Hear why this album went top 10 in the US and top 5 in the UK and Australia. Featuring the smash hits, hard to explain, and last night, this has to be it. One of the most talked about breakthrough actors this year, especially at JB's crazy price of $19.99. JB, got the game. If YouTuber Nicole Raffi, a.k.a. Nikki Nasty, who also has a podcast on her own that you might want to check out, is listening by chance, I doubt she is, but if she happens to be listening to this episode, I'm already hearing her grind her teeth in anger because God forbid I say a Strokes album is not very good. Now, if you're listening, thank you, but First Impressions of Earth still sucks. Angles has its moments, but it's not a go-to. Now, this album that I have at number four, I wasn't the biggest fan of when it first came out. But over time, and by time, I mean when it was released in 2014 to now, I've actually grown to like this album. And I'm talking about Come Down Machine. this album is actually the most hated strokes album among fans and i can sort of see why um, as you can tell it's very synth electronic heavy this time around and honestly that's one of the reasons why I didn't care for it, and I was actually hoping the Strokes would just call it quits, because by the time the 2000s ended, people have moved on to other types of music. And even the Australian rock band Jet was smart enough to call it quits after that time frame, but what do I know? The Strokes did manage to make a comeback, which we're going to talk about in just a bit, but I have to say, I think Come Down Machine is a good, dumb, fun album. I mean, that basically describes most of the Strokes albums anyway, but this is really dumb. And this 
is really fun. I have to give them credit for this because what they did to promote this album is extremely gutsy. They didn't promote the album. That's the gutsy part of the, the whole deal with this album. No promotion in the form of TV appearances, no interviews, no photo shoots, no tour, not even a surprise show. And if you've ever seen the cover artwork for Come Down Machine, it resembles an old RCA tape reel box. I got to give them props. The cover art, clever. But the whole idea of doing media blackout, especially in the age of social media and internet leaks and all that shit, and still manage to put out on without a hitch, I got to give them props. After reading the history of Come Down Machine, there's really no way around it. This may not have been the greatest Strokes album of all time, but it certainly sounds like the most fun they've had in a long time. This album really sounds like it had belonged in the 80s and easily could have been mistaken for a Cars album, which is not something I could have said about Angles. Come Down Machine actually sounds like it belonged in the 80s, and I think it would have been a big hit at around that time frame. Speaking of big hits, the album at number three is the album that came out on April 10th, 2020, and it spawned four words. The Strokes are back. Released in 2020, The New Abnormal was a return to form for The Strokes, and just listening to the first few songs that were released prior to this album, The Adults Are Talking and What You Just Heard, Bad Decisions, it was definitely a comeback in more ways than one. Bad, de bad Decisions <laughs> cracked the top 10 on the Billboard Modern Rock charts. It was their first top 10 hit since juice box yep you guessed it it's been a while since they had a top 10 hit and they came back to kick ass and take names unfortunately in the case of this album there was no tour for obvious reasons but honestly songs like this was exactly what the american public needed especially with all the shit that was happening last year Baby. 
one regret I have about this album, it's the simple fact that, oh, with so many surprisingly good albums that came out in 2020, New Abnormal did have a spot in my Rand Dozen last year, but with so many good albums coming out, it was hard to pick and choose. Had I had the New Abnormal on this list, on my list, I probably would have had it in the top five. It was that good. But with so many albums coming out, it was really hard to choose which would be number one, which would be number 12 and all that and all that hard stuff. But I enjoy doing this, even if it means upsetting listeners who go, what about this album? What about that album? Don't worry. There's a good chance it's going to make the best of the 20s list when I put that out in 2029. It is a really solid album, which is something I was not able to say about the last three albums I talked about. Uh, one major highlight on here, I've really got to give them props, is because give the Strokes props for this song, because it is definitely one of the best songs off the album, if not my favorite song off the album. Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus is just something unlike the band had done before. Now, it does sound, now most of the album does sound like the songs you hear from their earlier work, but Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus is just something so familiar, but yet very unstrokes. This really has an 80s vibe more than anything, and I know I said that about Come Down Machine, but New Abnormal really tackles that. I forgot to mention about Bad Decisions that the vocals from Julian Casablanca's rival, Billy Idol's from his heyday with White Wedding, Rebel Yell, and all that. I mean, can you imagine those two doing a duet? Holy shit. I would love to see that. Maybe they'll even tour together. I don't know. That Don't quote me on that. But if that ever happens, you know that's going to be an awesome show. And one last song I'd like to talk about from the new Ad Abnormal before we get into the number two spot. I gotta give props to Ode to the Mets. This is actually the album Closer, I believe. Yes, it is. The funny thing about this, nine tracks, 45 minutes long, and Rick Rubin behind the helmet production. This is a near-perfect album. I mean, only nine tracks, 45 minutes, and it doesn't feel bloated. That's commendable. In fact... The album itself is good enough that it was nominated for Best Rock Album this year at the Grammy Awards. So the Strokes clearly did something right, eh? Was not gonna wake up here anymore. 
it's not true It's just a story I tell to you Easy to say, easy to do But it's not easy, well maybe for you Hope that you find it, hope that it's good Hope that you read it, think that you should just a beautiful song and a great way to close the album there are a lot of good tracks on the new abnormal uh besides the ones we just played brooklyn bridge to chorus ode to the meds the adults are talking at the door bad decisions the list goes on and on and i know i just basically talked about half the album here but if you've never heard it first of all you've been living under a rock for starters please find some time to listen to it you don't even have to be a fan of the strokes to appreciate this album but if you enjoy post-punk, new wave, and just the 80s in general, New Abnormal is definitely an album you would want to check out. And you can thank me later. And before we get into the number one spot, we have one more album in between New Abnormal and my pick for number one. This was a really tough call because I enjoy this album just as much as my top pick. But in the end, I gotta go with Room on Fire taking the silver medal. an interest in the post-punk revival around the early 2000s. Obviously, with the Strokes coming out in 2001, then you have Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Interpol was another band that came out. Jet hadn't even come out yet until 2000, end of 2003, so a few months after the release of Room on Fire. But at the end of it all, it was the Strokes that seemed to manage not only sticking around for the long haul, but managing to put out a second album that was actually pretty good, if not better than the first album. And much like the first album, there really is not a bad track on Room on Fire. Such is the case of the uh, second single, the follow-up to a brief history of room on fire when they were doing when they were attempting to record the follow-up to is this it the original pick for producer was Nigel Godrich, who produced the majority of 
Radiohead's albums, and it worked for Radiohead, but for The Strokes, according to Julian Casablancas, the uh, communication and the production and results that came out of that attempt were, quote, soulless. Now, as much as I can defend Nigel Godrich and Radiohead, I agree that would not have worked very well for The Strokes. The Strokes aren't far from soulless. They are upbeat, and when it becomes mellow, it means something. But you're always going to get nothing short of incredible and upbeat from The Strokes, especially on this album. Uh, one other highlight that I really got to talk about as far as this album goes is Whatever Happened. Yeah, everybody focuses on the uh, singles that were released, and there is one more song I'm going to play off of here, which is actually my favorite of the three singles that came out. But Whatever Happened really stands out. At less than three minutes, it's just bam, and it leaves you wanting more. I mean, goddamn, the vocals from Julian Casablancas are just amazing. The guitar work from Albert Hammond Jr. and Nick Valencia are on point. The drums from Fab Moretti, off the charts. But, man, I really thought this should have been a bigger hit album than it was. It did wind up with a peak at number four and did sell a little over 500,000 copies, giving it a gold status. But Room on Fire should have been a bigger album, in my opinion. And the end clearly had no end for The Strokes, pun slightly intended. It's really hard, because part of me really wanted to say Room on Fire was the best album, and part of me kind of, sort of, does think it is the best album. <laughs> Yes, goes without saying, despite only peaking at number 19, The End Has No End was my favorite song and my favorite single off of Room on Fire. I really wanted to make this my number one album, but at the end of the day, there can only be one. And I will explain why there can only be one in just a bit. Stick around and listen to the rest of The End Has No End. It started all the way back at the beginning of 2001. Well, January 29th to be exact. An EP called The Modern Age was released. Three tracks on the Beggar's Banquet record label and Rough Trade for most other countries. But honestly, it was one of the songs that sparked 
a bidding war to get the band signed to a major label. And that one song was The Modern Age. Here's the song. Wait a minute, BC. You said you don't count EPs on your list. What gives? Calm down. I'm just introducing my pick for number one. And you're right. Modern Age is a three-track EP. It doesn't even fit into the equation on my list as I'm only counting down album discographies from the band. EPs, live albums, greatest hits, box sets, demos, all that shit doesn't count. I'm just simply saying that it started with this song on a three-track EP that resulted in a bidding war for the band. So naturally, my pick for number one was the album that came out at the end of July of 2001, Is This It? And this first single, Hard to Explain, is kind of a disappointment in the sense that I felt this should have been a bigger hit. And at, the, at around that time, new metal was starting to wane, save for Linkin Park, Drowning Pool, and to a point, Limp Biscuit, who are actually on their way out too. Uh, 311 was still kicking ass with From Chaos. Stone Temple Pilots, not so much. It was more a case of people still wanted their rap metal, despite the fact that that popularity and that trend were waning. So it's really... It wasn't really hard to explain why Hard to Explain peaked at number 27 on the Billboard Alternative Modern Rock chart. tracks totaling 36 minutes this was exactly what rock music needed not heavier material not yo 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 throughout their throughout the rock music no they just wanted good old-fashioned dirty rock music and is this it really tackles that and hard to explain although a bummer of a first single, despite cracking the top 30. It, I felt it could have been bigger. But then right after 9-11, it was this song that got people noticing the Strokes. Released in November that year, their first top five hit, Last Night. Just listen to this. Oh, minutes 
Everything about this song, the even the video, which looked like it would have belonged on top of the pops, which I guess was what they were going for, since the United Kingdom just adored this band long before we did. Hell, they they knew the Killers were something before we did, and the Killers are also an American band. So figure that shit out. But anyway, yeah, last night was definitely the kick in the ass rock needed for a very long time with a format that was saddled with new metal, rap rock, and, and everything about it. We really needed rock music. And it, so it sounds like a Stones tune. It sounds like this would have belonged on Sex Pistols or even Public Image LTD, to name a few uh, examples. And I forgot to mention uh, in the, when I was talking about the list of post-punk bands, White Stripes is definitely up there and belongs on the list too. No matter what one's opinion is on Jack White, they definitely belong on that list. But the Strokes managed to survive hell and high water it's over these last 20 years, and it definitely shows. And while I am a, I'm, hate being the guy who thinks, Oh, the first album is still their best work. Oh, their best-selling album is still their best work. Well, you know what? Is this it? Is their first album? It is their best-selling album. And it is their best album. There's just no way around it. Is this it? Set the bar high for the band. Now, I want to play a little something controversial. You will notice, if you, have, if you still have your copy of Is This It?, Two things. One, the original cover had a naked woman's behind being touched by same woman with a glove on her hand. The United States didn't get that version. We got some sort of uh, psychedelic kaleidoscope style album cover. It was kind of cool, but it wasn't a naked woman touching her behind, touching her ass with a glove. You know, touching her behind. Sorry, because I know there are some people who don't like me swearing, so I'm going to try and do my best not to cuss on future episodes, but I can't make any promises. Um, anyway, I'm getting off track. The album cover was controversial, yes, but the track list was controversial, especially after 9-11. One of the tracks, New York City Cops, if you've ever heard it, you heard it online because it was not on the American release. I'm going to play at least the first minute on here just so if you've never heard it here's how controversial it was It was 
Now, normally this wouldn't be an issue. In fact, it was also the B-side to Hard to Explain. Fun fact. But after 9-11 and the lyrical content of New York City cops being a little too sensitive, especially with all that was happening, understandably so, understandably so, it was pulled and it was reissued again in the United States with an alternate track number nine, which in this case was called When It Started. Although New York City Cops is a much better song, there really wasn't anything wrong with When It Started. But if you owned the American version, the only way you're going to hear New York City Cops is if it was on YouTube or you downloaded it illegally. <laughs> right now is the US track 9 when it started. Again, not a bad song. Lyrically, it's decent. I hope one day when, uh, I mean, we are approaching, this album is going to be 20 years old in July, this coming July. Is this it will be 20 years old? I am hoping that New York City Cops gets re-released on the American version for like an anniversary issue or deluxe edition. When I know, considering, you know, nobody buys CDs anymore, it's either downloaded or streamed and all that. But if they decide to do a physical re-release of Is This It for the United States, you got to include New York City Cops on the deluxe edition. There's just no way around it. I respect the police. I respect legal authority and all that. But guess what? The song's still good. It needs to be re-released on an anniversary edition. There's just no way around it. Before I wrap up this, uh, my talk about Is This It?, one highlighted song that I really thought should have been a bigger hit. It did manage to crack the top 20 on the alternative charts, but Someday was another highlight. One of many highlights on Is This It? It was really a tough call to choose between this or Room on Fire, because Room on Fire is every bit as good, if not better, than is this it. But this album really set the bar high for the band, and they've come close to topping it in 2003, and again this past year with the new Abnormal. But at the end of it all, the Essential Strokes album is still is this it. And while... The answer was going to be, I thought, yes, after the release of First Impressions of Earth and the attempt at a comeback album with Angles in 2011. 
I honestly thought that was going to be it. But as the new abnormal has proven, it's not over yet. It is not it. But is this it is the best album of the Strokes career. You can't deny that. And if Nicole Raffi is listening, you can't deny that either. Yes, still be a devoted fan of the Strokes. But is this it still remains the quintessential Strokes album. This is the one you need to hear before you die. This is the best work from Julian Casablancas, Albert Hammond Jr., Fabaretti, and the rest of the Strokes. Well done, guys. Well done. And just like that, Random Albums Look at the Strokes is in the books. But before I go, let me recap one last time from worst to best. At number six from 2005, First Impressions of Earth. Number five, Angles from 2011. Number four, I had Come Down Machine from 2014. And my top three were 2020's The New Abnormal at number three. Room on Fire from 2003 at number two. And at the end of the day, my pick for number one is still their debut album from 2001, Is This It? And that is it for this week's edition of Random Album Rankings. Thank you for joining me. And I hope you learned a lot from this episode. And hopefully, Nikki Nasty won't be looking to kill me in the next few weeks. So, but if you are, if you did listen, I thank you. And you can follow me on Instagram at random.album. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B dot A-L-B-U-M-B. So that you can keep up to date on future episodes, news stories, and everything in between. Again, I'm on Instagram at random.album. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to it on Anchor. Follow us on Google, iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Leave a message on anchor.fm slash listener support to learn more. You can donate as little as 99 cents a month, not even a buck. So if you do like this, this show and you want to donate, please do so. And please tell your friends about it if you're music fans. So until next week, I'm BC saying... The world is your oyster. Whatever you do, get out there and go shuck it. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Random Album Rankings. Remember, listener support is greatly appreciated. So be sure to leave a comment and message below. And if you're feeling up to it, you may leave a donation as well. As little as 99 cents a month. Not even a buck. So to learn more, go to anchor.fm slash random dash album. Remember, that's R-A-N-D-U-M-B dash A-L-B-U-M-B slash support and do your part. Thank you again. You may think this idea is dumb. Well, you're wrong. It's actually random.